welcome to Design 30. My name is Jason Bilyeu, and in this podcast, I provide design strategies and tools to improve creativity, innovation, and overall design confidence. Real quick, if you would like to support the podcast, please like and share the episodes. You can subscribe to the Design 30 YouTube page. Also, you can rate the podcast. That is really helpful, especially on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And then finally, you can find Design 30 on Patreon. In today's episode, I will be discussing the entry point in design, which can be defined as a point of physical or attentional entry into a design. So this is something that I just read about actually the other day, maybe even yesterday. And as part of this podcast, what I want to do is when I discover something interesting or a new concept that I've never heard of, I want to bring it up. And obviously it helps me to understand it better as I plan the episode and hopefully it helps you, the listener, maybe learn something new or learn more about a concept that you don't understand that well. So that's what this episode will attempt to do. Uh, Obviously, there are a lot of aspects that are kind of obvious when it comes to an entry point into a design. There's a lot of things that we probably intuitively already know, uh, but it's nice to be able to put some uh, a name to it and have some starting points when you're designing uh, an entry point for your for your new product or your website or whatever the case might be. So at its core, the entry point is it's really the first impression of your design. And as we're always told, uh, first impressions are extremely important. They set the tone for the entire interaction going forward between you and the product, or perhaps between a customer and a store, anything like that. And they can be, uh, they range anywhere from a landing page on a website. It can be as simple as an ad for your product. Uh, Sometimes it's even just the packaging or the display at the store for your product. Often it is the entryway to a store or the storefront. That's usually kind of an obvious entryway into the store. Uh, It could also be uh, simply the look of your product on the shelf. It's that first or initial interaction between the product and the customer. So what you wanna keep in mind for entry point design is number one, minimal barriers. And a barrier is anything that impedes the user at the entry point. So for example, having people at the door of the store can at times be uh, intimidating for someone. You don't know if they're gonna try to sell you something. Are they gonna ask you to make a donation? Are they going to um, check your pockets? I don't know. But having people at the door can cause people to think a lot more before actually entering the store. Uh, It can also be uh, something like a difficult setup. So if you have a laptop or a desktop or some piece of equipment that's really difficult to set up, that is the first interaction physically between a user and the product. And in a way, it's the entry point into uh, the user experience of that product. So if it's really difficult at the start, you're kind of setting this, uh, 
standard of difficulty for your product right from the start. Also noisy packaging, which makes the product look complicated and intimidating, can also be a, an example of a barrier. Number two, you want to have points of prospect. So this is essentially the idea that at the entry, you should allow people to kind of survey their options. You want them to be able to see the layout. This is especially applicable in stores uh, or on a website page that it provides a good overview of the website. Uh, it makes navigation easy and it also makes navigation obvious. You want to, at a navigation point, provide time so that people don't have to feel rushed or pressured to make a decision, make a choice, click a button. You want them to feel relaxed, let them see the overall layout, and make the decision of where to head to next. And part of that uh, decision-making process is impacted by number three, which is progressive lures. So as the name implies, these are things that actually lure people in. <laughs> uh, headlines are a really good example. A headline is meant to grab your attention, lure you in, make you click on the article, and you know, hopefully make you interested enough to actually read through the article. Uh, also, having fancy vehicles just inside the door at a car dealership is an example of a progressive lure. Also, even restrooms can be used as a lure. I think many of us know that uh, you can often find a restroom at a Starbucks. So that gets you in the door, especially on a road trip. And then as you walk in, you look around, you smell the coffee, you're like, oh, maybe I'll get a coffee for the road as well. So those are all examples of progressive lures. Some examples in the real world. Well, first of all, talking about barriers, uh, I'm going to start with my MacBook Pro because I think it's a rule to, if you have a design podcast, you have to fit an Apple somewhere. So I'm just going to throw it in right here at the beginning. Also because I have a MacBook Pro and I love it. So it's easy to talk about. Um, but no, so a MacBook has a very simple and I would say non-intimidating look to it. So it gives you, and this is even in the packaging. The packaging is very simple. You know, it just has a picture of the laptop. Most of it's white. It's just a very professional, clean looking design. And it's not intimidating. It doesn't, it doesn't give you the uh, a feeling of, oh, this is gonna be complicated. I'm not gonna figure out how to set it up. You know, things like that. So it's a small barrier to entry, a small barrier to just making the purchase. Uh, and like I said, they're very professional and clean looking. Very simple, but they're not oversimplified in such a way that they feel like a child's toy. I think the way that they do the aluminum body, uh, it gives it a certain weight and feeling that, you know, it still feels like a professional tool. It doesn't feel like you're picking up a child's plastic laptop. An example of, you know, still in the laptop world of something that it does have a higher barrier to entry, I would say, is a gaming laptop. They look very intense. Usually they have a lot of colors, a lot of cool, you know, shapes and designs to them. And they kind of shout out performance, but they also come off complicated. So if you're someone who's a bit of a novice to, or a newcomer to laptops or computers, which there's not many of those people these days, but 
you know, it can still happen. Uh, maybe you're younger and it's your first laptop purchase or you're buying it for your child and it's their first laptop. It just looks, it can come off very intimidating. Uh, but if you're someone who's into gaming, uh, maybe that's a look that actually lures you in. So these things can have multiple functions at once. Another example is a car dealership. So as I mentioned earlier, they often have these big glass walls. And so that's an example of a limited visual barrier. You can see into the building and then you can see where the vehicles are at. You can see where the salespeople are sitting at or where they're standing. So that <clears throat> gives you a point of prospect right at the door. You can kind of get an idea of the layout of the whole dealership and decide where you want to head next. Then often you'll notice that you can walk in, they'll have the fancy cars right at the beginning of the, or right at the front of the store, maybe the ones with the higher trim package or the fancy sports cars. So those will lure you into the store. You know, they, uh, it's a progressive lure, you know, there's one, and then you look a little bit farther back and, oh, there's the fancy sports car in the back. And so that pulls you in. And often the salespeople will actually let you look for a while. Uh, before approaching you. And that's an example of, again, a limited or minimal barrier. They, if they approach you right as you walk in the door, that's pretty intimidating. No one wants to have another conversation with the salesperson and have them follow him around the whole store. You want to have a little bit of time to yourself. You want to think about the car, dream about being in that car, and then the salesperson will approach you. And finally, Spotify is another great example to demonstrate some of these concepts. So in the Spotify app, when you open it up, you immediately have uh, these minimal barriers to uh, everything <laughs> as far as everything that you would want uh, when you're looking for audio. It has music, it has podcasts, and they have audiobooks all right there in one spot. So as soon as you open the app, you have access to all of those. There's not having, there's no having to jump from one app to another, open a web browser, anything like that. And then also from the first landing page, uh, you can see a little bit of everything. They have a really simple navigation uh, set up at the bottom with these little icons. And so it gives you a really good point of prospect immediately right after you open the app. And then they lure you in with, they have these blue dots next to new episodes. So it looks like something needs, it kind of looks like an unread email or something that needs to be uh, addressed and clicked on. Uh, they also have different playlists like dive back in and they show some of your older playlists on there. They'll have your top hits playlist or even, I'm not sure if they're still doing this, but I know in the past they've done uh, a playlist of your top mixes. So all these different ways to make you, uh, you know, stay in the app, click on different things, all of these progressive lures uh, that are designed into the user interface in Spotify. And they do a really good job of it. And that's why they're obviously a very successful company. Now, in summary, these three main points when we're talking about uh, entry points. Number one, minimize barriers to the customer. So keep that in mind as you're designing your entry point. Then you want to have a point of prospect to make the layout clear and the next step for the user also clear. And then finally, you want to implement progressive lures. And these are used to pull people in and to keep them navigating or using your product.
So I hope that was helpful. I know this was a new topic for me. And, you know, again, it's something that's somewhat obvious. We all know that first impressions are important. We all know that there's obviously a first entry point, a first step in using a product. But I think it's helpful to put a name to it and actually think about that design very carefully. And you know, as you can tell from the products that I mentioned, such as MacBooks or you know any Apple product, Spotify, when people do this well, it does result in a really popular and usable and impressive product. And with that, I want to mention real quick, I think I didn't mention this at the beginning of the episode, but I got this concept from reading the book, Universal Principles of Design by William Lidwell, Kratina Holden, and Jill Butler. And this is a book that I've referenced a few other times in the podcast. I highly suggest it. It just has these really interesting bite-sized design principles. So I'll link that in the show notes. So go check it out. And as always, go check out the Design 30 YouTube. I am starting to post um, some little design tips and tools on there. So there'll be some more videos populating that. So make sure to subscribe and, and make sure you see those when they come up. And then finally, I also want to mention one more time, please rate the podcast. If you haven't done that already, it is super helpful. Okay. Thanks for listening. This has been Design 30. And as always, I'm reminding you to design more and despair less.